And welcome to the Hillbilly and the Hipster. My name is Chad McCool, and I am joined on the microphone, as always, by my brother from another mother out there in Kentucky, Andy Crow. Andy, what's going on? on? Look, I'm just glad to be home. I'm just glad to be home. Training's over. Training's over. I'm back. I'm officially uh, considered a probation and parole officer now. So, uh, yeah, it's a good time. It was a long five weeks. It's hard to be that, even with the going back and forth home. I think, you know, anything more than two weeks. And two weeks gets long. It's hard to be away from home. Oh, yeah. And I saw it with my kids. I saw it with my wife. Uh, my wife will make fun of me when she hears this, but the dog missed me. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. They hold um, grudges, too, sometimes. They do, and what you can't see when you're listening to this is, uh, Ch- Chad, you can see it. Cedar is sitting on my head right now. She is. So she is. Uh, she doesn't get too far away from me today. So, <laughs> but uh, it, it, things are going well. We uh, we joined a church last week. Amen. Uh, we we found our our home church, at least until God tells me, you know, where He wants me to serve. But this is. You know, we found the church that we feel like God has called us to for now, and uh, excited to see what happens there. It's good news. It's always, it's good stuff. I mean, the the church I'm pastoring now, before when I became a member again, I, I joked, I was like, do I really have to go through all the pomp and circumstance? This is my third time being a member of this church. <laughs> it's like, don't I get the, the frequent punch card and I could just skip all the walk down the aisle? filling out the form stuff what i what i thought was hilarious um dr wife she doesn't she's she doesn't like being in front of groups like she's very introverted and so she was like all right you you walk the aisle and tell them we want to join um and take care of work that way i'll stay here with the boys and i was like whatever and mason he's asleep he'd he'd fallen asleep and um, so I walk up and, you know, Connor, he knew it was happening. And I told Connor, I was like, hey, man, this is home. This is this is where we want to be. And he's like, all right, well, could you go get your wife and kids and have them <laughs> and we'll all pray together? Um, and so I, I walk back and I was like, hey, honey, uh, joke's on you. Well, you have to come up with me. And so we, you know, we I walk, I walk down, walk back, walk back down. Uh, and then we pray and fill out some some paperwork which reminds me i have more i need to fill out um just like information for names birthdays all that good stuff and uh um then at the end he busts out and you know and if you know after we dismiss uh the crows will be down (laughs) we'll be down front (laughs) but you come love and hug on them and let them know that you're glad they're here and so Ashley was like, can't we just do that from this pew? And I was like, no, no, honey, we got to go. This isn't her first rodeo. Has she not? Did she forget? Well, you know, at, at, at our last church, I was the, you know, I was the the youth pastor. So there was no oh. problem the joining. We just showed up one day and started working. There yeah, was she bypassed that. And, you know, and she's not your stereotypical pastor's wife who's going to sit on the front row and be involved in everything. I mean, she's involved, don't get me wrong, but she's not like starting women's groups and 
she's not singing in the praise team and playing the piano and all that she's very much a want to work behind the scenes type of person yeah so made me giggle well that's good stuff though you feel you feel connected there you feel like there's a void that's has that was that been a pressing thing to join or you feel good like you've got a home instead of shopping so i don't like to not have a church home and, and i don't know um years years back when we were living in iowa um it took us we went to this church forever before we joined right like it was our church we just didn't join it yet and i think it was because we weren't married yet but we were just living in iowa and so you know once once we got married we joined the church together um and they had a church covenant and part of the church covenant was uh, if we ever leave this body then we will quickly find another body that preaches the gospel to join. Oh, sure, sure. For some reason, that really stuck to me. And so I never liked being without a church family for very long. And so, no, it definitely is a, a hole for me. I mean, when we got to Terre Haute, um, you know, as soon as we found a church, we were coming, we went two or three times and we're like, all right, we're comfortable. Well, this is it, then yeah. we're joining. Yeah. I didn't I didn't want to wait very long because I felt like the longer I waited, the longer I was going to wait to get involved. And then, you know, what happens if I start to slip and just not go? Well, and I think when you for me personally, I think when you go more than when when you take more than two or three times and I think two or three times, you've got a fairly good, you know, view of of you know some baseline theology what the body's like is it welcoming you know you've got a pretty good baseline but i think if you go more than that then you start seeing the cracks because there are cracks and then you start you know it's like it's like buying a car and then regretting that you didn't get the pinstriping or i'm old when pinstriping was an option or you know like whatever bells and whistles are you know you start you start seeing that and it and then you start looking for the perfect church and that's never going to happen. I laugh because the church we ended up joining was the church I, I didn't want to go to. Right. So when we, started, we started looking at churches. I was like, they don't have a senior pastor. You know, their youth guy is filling in as interim. Um, and not that I have a problem with youth, youth guys preaching because um, I enjoy preaching. But I was like, man, I don't want to go and then like it. And then they hire a guy who... You know, I don't want to be a part of another church where I question theology all the time. Um, and then I'm going to have to leave yeah. again. And yeah. And so we started, you know, every other church we'd visit. I was like, let's go to this one. I'm comfortable. Let's go. And Ashley's like, let's just try this one. And I'd be danged if we didn't try it. And we both really liked it. And then they announced short, like, I think our second visit that they were going to move the youth pastor to so i was like well jokes on me here we go <laughs> so well, yeah, you'd so be proud of you'd be proud of me because I, I had a young man that sat in with our praise team and and then he was wearing a ball cap and he's like oh i i is it okay if i have this and i was like there was a time I would have said no, but it's okay. I just you just can't wear short pants. So I, I, I might be. Uh, I have rubbed off on you. Look at that. 
I might be softening. We, you, we may be able to work together in a church one day. <laughs> we will one day be able to, and I can, I can give up my stance on shorts. <laughs> I would never wear shorts in the pulpit Sunday mornings. Um, and that's now, my only rule. We, and I had it with somebody that we mutually know. I was like, you can't wear short pants and be on the stage. On Sunday morning. Yeah. On now, Sunday morning. You're a grown man. You know, at youth group, when I would preach in youth group, I did that numerous times in shorts. Yeah, I Sunday mornings, no. The church that uh, we both filled in for for a time um, down in Himera, I remember joking with them, and I was like, hey, it's hot. I'm a big guy. I said, don't be shocked if next Sunday I show up in shorts. And I, they didn't take me serious. And the next Sunday night, I showed up in shorts. And God love Faitha. I thought she was going to fall out. Oh, yeah. I, I was surprised. And there would have been a time, I think, at that church, they would have kicked you out. <laughs> they didn't. And they never said anything with their words. But right. to quote the commercial, they said it with their eyes, Chad. <laughs> they yeah. said it with their eyes. And there was a time they would have sent you home, I guarantee you, probably oh, 10 absolutely. 15 years no before doubt. that. I have no doubt. So... So yeah, you let him wear the ball. I'm proud of you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm softening. I'm going liberal. You've come a long way. <laughs> so Andy, I, I was listening to this podcast the other day. Uh, yesterday, really, I was driving, driving around. Um, went to a couple of meetings and everything, and they were kind of talking about things that were cool or people that were cool or you perceived was was cool. And it made me think: Have you ever met any of your idols? Do you have idols? And I don't mean, I mean, I don't mean idols in a false idol way, but like as a kid, ball players, rock stars, movie stars. I mean, I, I've totally fanboyed and gushed only a few years ago and had an incredibly embarrassing moment meeting John Piper on an airplane. But have you ever met your idols? So your John Piper story may be one of my favorite stories ever. So. Uh, yeah, yes and no. So I wouldn't call him an idol. I would say it's somebody that I really, really liked. Uh, yeah. Um, most of you know, like I'm a huge Atlanta Braves fan. Um, love anything Atlanta Braves. And I went to Cincinnati the weekend before I got married with my cousins. And Tim Hudson and Chipper Jones were out in left field just shooting the breeze before the game and I happened to see it. And so I went and went all annoying fan. And I was like, Tim, 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 Timmy, Timmy, Huddy, Huddy, Chipper, Chipper. Hey, I know you can hear me. Hey, and finally they were like, what do you want? I just want to say hi. And then I, that, that's essentially it. I was like, uh, high five. I didn't have a pen or anything they could have signed. And you're a grown um, man. You're not a child a, doing it. Yeah, no, yeah, I am. I think I was like 22, 23 when I got married. I've been married 14 years, so you do the math. Uh, math is hard. Um, and so I was like, uh, I'll take a high five. And so they both laughed and walked over to the fence and jumped up and high-fived me. Um, and, you know, I, I peed myself a little bit. <laughs> and then a few years before that, um, I went to Atlanta to Turner Field and got to shake Bobby Cox's hand. So I, I think those would probably be 
the ones that stick out to me. I did get to have dinner with John McCain one time. Um, John McCain, the the senator. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sat at his table. Um, he And he remembered my name three months later when I met him oh, a second wow. Um, so those, those are probably the two things, the, the John McCain walking into a diner in the middle of nowhere, Iowa, and looking at me and my friend and going, Andy, Julia, nice to see you again. It's like, holy crap. Wow. Who knows my name? Um, yeah. And so, it's not like that. Usually they have the person whispered into their ear, like, this is Andy. Well, yeah, <laughs> you so, met him three months ago. I met him. Yeah. I met him three months ago. I wasn't a huge donor because I was a college student. Right. Um, but we drove up there and like there was it wasn't like they sent somebody in to survey and, and figure out who was there. Like so the Secret Service walked in for 30 seconds, cleared the place and then in in came Senator McCain. Um, and he walked right by our table and he's like, Andy, Julie, and I see you guys again. I was like, uh, I'll, I'll vote for you. Yes. Yes, I will. But so those those are probably the two that stick out to me. Right. And so so you've not ever really been disappointed by meeting your idols. No, I can't say that I have. Um, you know, I've had some. Yeah, we'll just we'll, no, no, I haven't. Yeah, when I was a kid, I met some ball players that totally disappointed me. Um, I, I was. I was grown and I met Patrick Ewing and I was a huge Knicks fan. And actually Patrick Ewing and I were next to each other in traffic, him going northbound, me going southbound. So we were looking right at each other. And it was when they were in the finals against the Rockets. And all I remember is I looked at him and I paused and I was like, I'm this, I'm a grown man. And I'm screaming, go get him, Patrick. And he was like, who are you? Yeah, I'm getting the heck out of here. Um, Real quick, just for those who don't know, how'd that finals turn out for your Knicks? Oh, yeah, same way, same same way the postseason turned out for the Mets. Because oh, I was going to say, I think my Rockets did pretty good. That, that they did, that, but that was a good that was a good series. That that, they, that that was a that was a tough series. The fact that I'm a Houston Rockets fan always baffles me because I've never lived anywhere near Houston. <laughs> it was the Rockets. You were a kid. I just loved the Kim Elijah one. Yeah. So, so Andy, when I was a kid, on TV shows, they'd always have these very special episodes. I could be this week on a very special Facts of Life, and it, they deal with some kind of controversial oh, yeah. topic. Which now those are the top. Those are the main. The things that were controversial when I was a kid are the mainline characters of. Sitcoms and TV shows today. So um, I want to. So on this, we're going to turn this into a very special episode because at the time that we're recording this, um, one of us has a birthday coming soon. In about eight days is someone's birthday, I do believe. It is the 19th. The 19th. So um, I'm going to share your birthday present with the nine people. Listen to this podcast, and maybe that one Canadian will come back and we'll be international (laughs) again. All right. So, Andy, for the uh, for the sake of radio magic, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes while I share my screen. All right. 
You know, now I'm nervous. All right, you can open your eyes. Can you see my screen? I can. All right, here we go. I can't hear it. I see my, my boy Andrew on there, but I can't hear it. All right, bear with me. This is radio magic here as I'm trying to figure out how to share a screen on Zoom and make you be able to hear everything. Um, bear with me one second. So um, what, 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 do you, what are your plans for your birthday? So my birthday is always, it's always fun because my wife's birthday is the day before mine. Right. That's always funny to me. Yeah. Yeah. She's two years and a day older than me. Um, I like the older ones. Um, <laughs> uh, so I don't know. We usually, you know, just kind of go to dinner and hang out with the kids. Um, occasionally, you know, we'll, so I don't know what we've got planned. I do know that I have requested a Dairy Queen ice cream cake. Dairy because, Queen ice cream cake. Dude, they like Dairy Queen is is overrated on a lot of things, I feel like. But there are two things they do extremely well. Uh chicken strip baskets and ice cream cake. How old are you? It sounds like the birthday for a 10-year-old. I mean, I, I let's be honest. What what All is right. my maturity? Let, let's take take two on your birthday present. Let's see if take this works. Take two on birthday present for Andy. All right. Let's see how this works. Hey, Andy. This is Andrew Jones. I'm going to wish you a happy birthday. I know you're a big Braves fan. Uh, keep supporting the Braves. I know we failed this year, but we're coming back next year strong. Uh, don't cry when you watch this, buddy. Take care. Be blessed. So, that's did you hear that? Did you hear that? I did. That's your birthday present, and I'm gonna send that's it. Awesome. So, I did put in the to tell him to, to for him to tell you not to cry when you watch this. <laughs> Good chance that I might have teared up. Um, I'm sure you would. I, I teared up a little bit when I watched it last weekend when I got it. That so Andrew Jones is my favorite baseball player of all time. I uh, I currently have like multiple autographs of, of him. So that that has made my day, my friend. I so now you that. have a now you own a video of Andrew Jones wishing you a happy birthday. That's good stuff. I'm gonna I gotta. I, are you going to send that to me so I can show my wife? I will send it to you. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I I downloaded it, but I'll also send you the 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 um, portal that you can get it from too. But yes, I will I will send it to you when this episode is over. That is phenomenal. So apparently, our first special guest has been Andrew Jones. Andrew Jones, friend of the show. That's right. Friend of the show, I'm sorry, Bryce, you're not our first guest. Andrew Jones. <laughs> Andrew Jones, we went we went for the big time. Well, happy birthday, buddy! And I thought a little a little Andrew Jones video would be a unique gift. It is. I greatly appreciate that. That that's the coolest thing I've gotten. So and thank it, you. And if I wasn't cheap, I would have spent more money for more time. <laughs> <laughs>
No, I get it. And I looked at those because I was going to get one for my boys. And then I saw the price and I was like, nah. I blame Joe Biden. It's that Biden inflation. Thanks, Joe Biden. You could add five minutes with Andrew Jones. I feel like I want one of those stickers every time that something bad happens. It's that picture that people have been putting on gas pumps. has got Joe Biden pointing. And oh, says, I, I did that. Just anytime something bad happens, just hold that up and be like, there you go. I know that uh, I have a a young person, I have a young man at church who works at a Costco, and he tells me how hard it is to scrape those off the gas pumps that he has to do just about, you know, every other day. But they still crack me up. I chuckle. And it's not even about Biden. They could have put anybody up there. Oh, absolutely. it, It makes me chuckle and it makes me think somebody's paid the money and is spending the time putting. So I'm like, what do you do for a living? They have money to throw away. Behind that. And that's. So, yeah, the uh, the Casey's that used to be across the road from our church um, back in the Hope, um, I I got to know them pretty well because I'd go get a tea and a piece of pizza about every day. Um, And they would always talk about having to go off and how much work it was to scrape them off. And it's like, just leave them. It's comic relief. Yeah. You know, if you're going to be that upset while you're pumping gas, you better, you might as well have something to laugh at. Yeah. It keeps them from putting those, those skimmers, those credit card skimmers into the gas station and stealing your numbers. Is that a real thing? Do people do that? I've heard stories. Like, I, I don't yeah, know I've if it's heard, true. I've always heard the horror stories, but I've never, I've never known anybody that's happened to. I've never known anybody it's happened to, but when I lived in, in Indiana, I remember being on the news that they found skimmers at the Walmart and I'm sorry, the Walmarts. <laughs> I say, you put the in front of it, you might as well add the S to the <laughs> So, Andy, so, you know, you, you met an idol, although virtually, and I'm I, glad I could it. bring that to you. It wasn't it. a disappointment. No. <laughs> Thinking awesome. So I found another Spurgeon quote this week. I do love Spurgeon. Maybe think, and uh, this quote's pretty. I uh, you know, before you get into your quote, uh, I wore my Spurgeon T-shirt while I was kicking down doors the other day at training. <laughs> it's gonna be your new nickname. You're gonna be the Spurge. Well, when I graduated, all the instructors are like, "Congratulations, preacher man." Nice. But yeah, so as I was kicking indoors, I had the Spurge with me. I would think there's that that really should be a TV show. Law and Order, Lauren, Law and Order Victorian era with Spurgeon yes. kicking down doors. Yes. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. Oh, no, you're fine. Now I have this vision of Spurgeon kicking Spurgeon down doors, kicking doors, searching for Jack the Ripper, serving <laughs> warrants and sharing the Lord. <laughs> um, or we can really pitch this TV show that it's modern day and somehow Spurgeon's come back to life, but he doesn't know he still acts like it's the 1850s and he's your sidekick kicking down doors. Been, been chronologically frozen, not chronologically, cryogenically frozen. Yes, cry- I think that's the word. We'll go. That's, with the, that's the big word for this week. I'll tell you, it's not chronologically. <laughs> <laughs> So Spurgeon said, do you expect to be honored in the world where your Lord was crucified? 
Well, if that doesn't punch you in the gut, nothing's going to today. So think about uh, that. May, that's really made me think when I heard that. Like, there's so many things that even if we're not necessarily like trying to be an influencer or a platform builder, or and it made me sad for for all these people. Which, well, it also makes me a little just perturbed how influencers are making millions of dollars by making 30 second TikTok videos. But those folks, right? Those influencers who are making 30 second TikTok videos just because, you know, and I think there's probably some sort of a, well, and I think for even your average social media user, if you've curated something and posted it and you're not getting enough likes or shares, there's sort of that dopamine drop, right? It kind of sets the depression. But I think about the things that we think are precious and the things that we want to get honor from the world um, really doesn't really mean much, does it? Yeah. And I, I, so you sent that to me the other day and it really, it really hit me probably harder than, than I thought it was going to, especially when, you know, we stopped texting back and forth and then I was just going to bed and I laid there in bed and was thinking about it. And I was like, I think unconsciously we all want the attaboys. Absolutely. I can remember like putting out these events that I thought were incredibly successful. And then nobody on leadership would make a deal out of it. I mean, I might get a, Hey, good job, but that would be it. And it's like, man, this event just did X, Y, and Z year. You know, this event brought in 30 teenagers to, to hear the gospel. And all, all you can muster up is hey, good job in passing. Um, and I never wanted to be that guy. I think I just outed myself that maybe I am that guy, but I never wanted to be that guy. Like, you know, I didn't get into ministry for the attaboys and the, you know, I got into, I, I've always jokingly said, I got into youth ministry for free babysitting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think you, we want to know we're doing a good job and, and ministry as a job. You're, I mean, your elder board, your deacon board, whomever is your leadership, they may give you, you know, a performance review, but ultimately we're not getting that performance review till the day of judgment. Oh, you know, this is, it's not like a secular job. You're not, I mean, I think at times you, you get the attaboys from God, right? You, you know, like you, the spirit moves in you and you feel like even if it's, even if it's an event or something where the world may look and say, yeah, this is a failure, but I think, you know, it, it isn't, right? Because, you know, if you're preaching the one, you're still preaching the one right. who needs to hear the word, or you're still sharing with one. But I, I do think it 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 sort of changed some perspective on me of some of the things that we look at as, as being successful or wanting that honor and knowing that, you know, when I felt, you know, when I preached the three, in the church that I used to pastor and three people showed up and I felt like, you know, it was hard to even get through the message. And I felt like I'd gotten like kicked in the ribs and I just wanted to like go vomit, you know, outside in the back. Um, yeah. You know, and I'm not trying to, 
look for an attaboy in this, but I realized, so all these years later, it made me think of that. And I'm like, well, that was okay. Yeah. I mean, I think as pastors, we get so enthralled with numbers. How oh, many they're put at us all the time. How many baptisms did you have last year? How many, how many, like for, for youth pastor, and I'm sure it's the same. I've never been a senior pastor, but I'm sure you feel it. But like how many students were at Sunday night service? How many students were at Wednesday night connect? Um, how many students showed up for this event that you requested, you know, X amount of dollars for, and are we getting enough bang for our buck? And, you know, should we even be paying you because you only have, you know, seven students? Um, and so I used to really get discouraged when my youth group that had, you know, four students, one of them would miss. And I'd be like, what am I doing wrong? Yes. Why, why don't they love me? Why don't they love Jesus enough to come to youth group? And it was never about their lack of love for me or even their lack of love for Jesus. Sometimes parents just don't want to take them. More times than not. And sometimes life happens. Yeah. And so, so many times, like, why is it that we expect to be praised for those numbers? Why is it that we expect to be praised for those baptisms? when we had nothing to do with them. And, and, and do you think it's because for us, maybe even us, but those, those people around us, the people we're serving, the people, those are tangible things. Those are, those are things you could witness and touch and see and planting seeds and, and discipleship. Well, those aren't, and I'm, I, when I say this, this is going to sound harsh and I definitely don't mean it that they're not tangible, but those things aren't viewed as 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 tangible as watching somebody get baptized or seeing people come and walk down the aisle and become members. You know, the, yeah. it's the stuff behind the doors, behind closed doors. That it's the stuff that takes place not on Sundays. That I think sometimes people don't care about. They're they're not as magnifying, right? Like you know, you go to a kid's concert, right? band or choir concert or a football game and there are you know hundreds of people there because they have all their family and you know students and crap like that but you show up to the to the body is that the best use of your time right you're not making a huge difference so why are you doing that when in reality just because you don't see the difference right away, like, you know, maybe the student you're there to see doesn't have a whole lot of family that can come, right? I, I can think of two students that I had uh, that they didn't have any family in the town that we lived in. And I became that de facto weird, crazy uncle, right? Right, right. That, you know, I would just show up at their house a lot of times, not as Pastor Andy, but hey, I'm just going to hang out with you guys for a while, you know, and yeah. visit. And and um, they were never uncomfortable. Like it wasn't because you all know the feeling you get when your pastor shows up. Like, so uh, strange. Every, everybody's on their best behavior. Nobody burps. Nobody farts. Nobody cracks a joke. You um, hide the booze. Yeah, the booze is put up. <laughs> 
but you know, I I've gone to families' houses where they're like, "Hey, I'm gonna have a beer. Do you want one?" Um, or you know, the mom hikes up and farts on the dad, and everybody's laughing, and I'm like, "How are you an adult?" Because there's no way on God's green earth I could get away with that and not get punched. Yeah, not uh, yeah, and, and for me, I think when I was a youth pastor, there's a couple of kids in particular that I. I went to court with them and not as their pastor, but just as a man in their life to support them. And awesome. nine times out of 10 and all those times I've been in court. Um, most of the time I was the only adult male that wasn't a judge or a bailiff or a lawyer who was in that courtroom. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, it, it, the statistics speak for themselves. You need Five people, not name mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, whoever's raising you, right? Right. Sometimes mom, dad, and grandma and grandpa are all raising you, so you need five people besides them to be a positive influence for you to be a fairly successful person. Right. And, so, and we both know kids, you know, we've, we know kids that we've served in ministry that that's not true that that's that's a hard number for them to even grasp you know to get them to pour into their lives and but then you go back to the you know expecting praise we're not i don't know that we expect it don't don't hear what i'm not saying um but we're not there it's not recognized as something big because again it's not tangible yeah you can't really see the difference you're making in someone's life just by being there and by discipling them quickly. And those are, those are slow things. And so there's no, no way to grade is a, is a bad word, but there's no way to grade that, that effort. I mean, do you think we're still doing it with the church? You know, so I think about, I, I had somebody come up to me the other day um, saying, Hey, I, I can teach you how to do social media. For the church and i was like well i appreciate that as like, i i know how it works you know we, we you know I, I didn't completely just say hey no i know how it works but we had a conversation and basically like i know how it works i have a tech background i just i don't have any personally and it's not it's not a high priority for me right now with this church but if you would like to do it go ahead right and so then it was like no it's okay uh, you know i i don't want to do it but i can get you to do it. So I, I think about that. I, I get social media is a an important way to reach people today. But I mean, let's take Spurgeon at some point, right? Spurgeon, Spurgeon's pastoring the, the largest church probably in the West, you know, during that era. I mean, it's supposedly over 5,000 people. They had people gather in the boiler room just to be there to listen and, and praying. And they, they were overflowing the auditorium. There's no social media. Spurgeon wasn't tweeting, you know, scheduling Yoda tweets an hour before saying to come. So I, I do think that while it, I, I mean, personally to me, I, as I it does the, does the, the social media side. And I guess I'm turning into this guy that's always anti-social media, but I, I mean, I just pick, some of those things, I think we're trying to get the honor. Like we want people to see this. We want people. And are we just attracting consumers 
with that. So when you're when you're attracting consumer Christians, is that where we feel like we're getting honor and we're because lo- those are the tangible things when we're putting butts in the seats and they're giving and maybe some of them are getting baptized, but m- maybe they're gone six or nine months later because they found either a hipper church or a newer church or, you know, they've moved because we're such a, a transient society now. But so yes and no. So okay. I think some churches use social media appropriately. Um, so for ex- example, church that I'm attending here, they're not sending out Yoda tweets. They're not, uh, and by the way, I love that you've coined Yoda tweets. Those make, that makes me giggle. Um, but they're not sending out Yoda tweets. They're not, Hey, look at this. It's, it's basically, it's an inward promotion. Hey, you know, church family, this this is the list of activities that we're doing this week. And they're always the same, right? Uh, Sunday morning at this time and this time. Sunday evening at this time. Wednesday at this time. Oh, and we're packing shoeboxes Thursday or when, you know, whatever day. Sure, for those things, I think it's great. So for that type of stuff, and even their Instagram, it's, again, it's pictures of, like, the shoebox packing and stuff from kids' ministry and youth ministry, because those ministries are going to be a little more geared toward the uh, the Instagrams and, and, and the, the Tiki Talks. But um, I, I think if you look for other churches, and I really don't want to like name drop here, but no, don't. Yeah. But I'm going to. So, so, but you look at like the, the Furtick's and the, uh, what is that church? New song. Oh. Uh, uh-huh. Osteen and, and that group, like they're using social media as a way to like get you in butts to seats and you at your money. Well, and they have whole teams. Right. Yeah. They, I mean, they have dedicated people that all they do is try to pull your heartstrings to get you in their doors. And, um, and a lot of times when they're pulling at the heartstrings, they're not pulling at your heartstrings genuinely and they're pulling with false gospel. You know, you're, you're admitting uh, this is my Bible and whatever the, the pastor says is true. And, all you have to do is name it and claim it, and it's going to be fine. And so the churches that, that use it that way, they're definitely they're in it for the man-made praise. And I, I was on staff at a church. I mean, social media was there, but it wasn't like it wasn't as. I mean, it may have just been at the early days of Twitter and Facebook, and there wasn't all the other options we have now. But uh, I was on staff at this church that when we did something like we're going to help a family or, or do something, um, the senior pastor would send out a press release to get local news to maybe show up to put us on TV. And that always troubled me because I think then we were looking for honor. And I think going back to that Spurgeon quote, like what, what does that honor mean? Cause you know, showing, Hey, this church is giving away a car. Or this church is, you know, giving away 
Thanksgiving baskets or, or, you know, it wasn't like it organically happened that somebody, the news found out about it and wanted to report on it. It was, I'm telling you, come watch us, come put us on TV. And I think that honors like it, it's something that's a, a false bottom to getting that honor and, and to go back to Spurgeon. Like, why do we care about that when this is a, these are the same folks who crucified Christ? Absolutely. Or rather the same world. Yeah. That that's that's it. That's the tweet. Uh and I mean, I don't know that we've sent out press releases, but there's definitely been churches that I've served in that we couldn't like we would raise money for something and we couldn't just take them a check. We had to take a picture of the pastor handing the check. But at least you didn't get the big Michael Scott check. Well, that's only because I don't think we knew how to get one of those. <laughs> um, so as a think. rabbit as a rabbit trail, just for a second, while this is live radio, I just got a text asking for money to support Raphael Warnock in his battle for, you know, the democracy in this state runoff in Georgia, in his election runoff in Georgia. And I just tweeted, I just texted him back. I, I took your lesson. Um, I don't live in Georgia. And I owned a Herschel Walker jersey as a child. So who do you think would give my money to? You're going to get canceled by the whole state of Georgia. Well, maybe just Cobb County, DeKalb County, <laughs> Fulton what? County. Why are they soliciting people outside of the... We're about to rabbit hole, folks, and I'm sorry. Why are they soliciting people outside of Georgia for a Georgia race? I don't it's, know. Because I, I guess... Was, when I was in... In Louisville, I kept seeing Gavin Newsom commercials on streaming. When you yeah, were you no. streaming something? Oh no, it was on. Like I was watching ESPN. Oh wow! Or, I'm assuming it was ESPN because what else would I watch? Um, but yeah, like I was watching something on TV, and boom, there's Gavin Newsom talking using Bible verses to promote abortion. It's like I, I'm not in California. Anyway, that's hilarious. Let's back on topic here. Yeah. So, I mean, what, what, what do you do? Because I, I mean, I, you know, I went to an event yesterday, and and it was great, and they were definitely godly, and they they were teaching us some some you know exposing us to some tools we can use, and and. But I mean, it was the name dropping, like so-and-so uses this and so-and-so uses this. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to kind of use this for myself or a few people. Like, I, I don't have 60 or 70 people I'm going to bring through this leadership training. Um, you know, I'm I'm just I'm just doing what I can do to try to be faithful. Um, what what happens to the the little country church pastor who's not looking for honor in the world, but gets passed by because he'll never be a main stage speaker at any conference that we've been to. But what happens to those guys, the the small church pastors, the rural pastors, even the small church inner city pastors who are just, they've got a faithful congregation and the world's changing around them. Yeah, I always laugh about, laugh is a bad, bad way to put it. Not funny laugh, but the awkward, like, what are we doing? Like we used to be a part of a tribe that kind of bashed the whole church system 
but then the only people that could do it were full-time bigger church pastors because of what it required and it was all about getting a following and a platform and I, and as people like we 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 need affirmations right we need the community and everything but i think what you're talking about with the the never being the main stage speaker um and i can't maybe it was lecrae that had the song um i can i can be the background um you multiple years ago maybe eight years ago um but i think we're just gonna have to be okay with that because at no point in our time should our ministry be about us absolutely and and yeah we're we're just gonna have to stay faithful to what we're doing and so if god gives you a leadership of three people that you were going to disciple so that they can then turn around and disciple three people who can then turn around and disciple three people, so on and so forth. Then regardless, and you said it perfectly earlier, and I don't even know if you meant to say it, uh, you're going to get your attaboy come judgment day. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, and you're going to have people along the way that are, are going to be in your corner, not so much because we want to see you succeed, right? But because we want to see you do what God has called you to do. And so we're going to support you and be in your corner because we're all going to hit times in life when we're like, why am I doing this? I can't, I can't do this anymore. Am I actually doing what I'm supposed to be doing? And you're going to need that person to come be your cheerleader. Amen. Yeah. But in in the 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 other times, as hard as it is, like we just got to keep plugging away because inevitably it's not about us. Um, I, and now I can't remember where it's at in the Bible, but for things to go what they the way they should go. There needs to be, and I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but like more of he, less of we. Sure, I, I yeah, he he has to become greater, and I have to I have to, to be lesser. That. And so, and and so that, and that's what kept running through my head when when we talked about this earlier is the the more of he, less of we, more of he, less of we, and and how do we make that work in all aspects of life so me i'm not in vocational ministry right now um i'm i'm using this pnp job as a ministry opportunity and i'm loving on people in the church that we we were attending and in the community that we're at as we're slowly getting to see some neighbors um and i just keep thinking like more of he less of we more of he less of he like mm -hmm that i'm gonna see at work are people that society has all but given up on and so how can i come alongside those people and show them that christ loves them regardless of what they've done right and then just have mercy on them regardless of what they've done and so you know the genesis one viewpoint and again just i think as ministers and as Christians and as followers of Christ, 
um, instead of trolling people on social media and and bashing politicians and I see your face. Don't worry, I see it. Um, and and people who are trying to love people and maybe not using the best words, but instead of trolling them and making making you look smarter supposedly than they are, maybe just keep thinking, you know, less of less of me, more of he. And are you sure. really gonna are you really going to bring him into the forefront more by trolling somebody because you don't agree with their politics and with the small parts of theology that you disagree on? Well, what he just said reminded me near the end of Jude, starting in verse 20, Jude says, But you beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life, and have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others, show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. You know, and a lot of that is, you know, that end is really, you know, for us to have mercy on those who doubt, and and that the word for doubt isn't it's basically people who have general doubts, not look at everybody who has a doubt as a heretic and uh, to have mercy, you know, to have uh, to show mercy with fear, hating even the garments stained by the flesh. I mean, he's really telling us to have mercy on those who have hardened hearts and are completely unrepentant. And those people that are even going to scoff at you and mock you for sharing with them. Um, we're supposed yeah. to have mercy on all those folks. I think that's the hardest part of our, I say job, I don't mean vocational job, I mean doing what Christ has commanded us to do. I think one of the hardest things is to show mercy to someone who really just grinds your gears. Well, or to somebody who literally hates you. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. You know, when somebody is doing everything they can to to discredit you um, and to break you down because of whatever, for you to sit there and be like, cool, but I love you. Yeah. It's the hardest thing. But, I mean, I, I think there's no better no better show of mercy than Christ on the cross. And I know that sounds very generic. Um, no, but I, you're right. Alistair Begg. Oh man. And I, I may, I may be, I mentioned this in our last episode, but I've slept since then and have lost my mind again since then. But Alistair Begg has the greatest um, illustration of the gospel that I've ever heard. And it's, the thief on the cross shows up at the gates of heaven and the angel that's that's gatekeeping is like, well, look what you've done. What makes you think you can be here? Because, you know, earlier he was mocking Christ on the cross too. Yeah. And then can, he didn't even know who he was, but then he looks at that angel and is like, the guy in the middle said I could come. Yeah. So you want to talk about the ultimate act of mercy like these two dudes are mocking Christ on the cross and then it clicks with one of them. He's like, hey, remember me. And Christ's like, just come with me. 
Right, you you can come to name drop me, and I'll get you in the club. I mean, because you know, even before he he named the apostles and gave them authority, if you will, right? His his only call to them was to follow him. Absolutely. He never said preach with me, and and it's it's almost the same thing. He told the thief on the cross, right? You know, I assure you, you you'll be with me tomorrow in paradise. Yeah, come come with me. And so I just, and it gets me every time I think about it, right? Like literally like gets me. Oh, well, the guy in the middle, the guy in the middle cross said I could be here. And so I look at the people that are on my caseload and I look at the people who are in the, in the Walmarts, as we call it. And, and in the streets of, of your community and my community and, the communities that I've been, I mean, I just, I spent five weeks at a prison, you know, training and, and being around some, some negative stuff. And Christ looks at them and is like, just, I, you can come with me. Yeah. Come with me. You'll be and okay. so Christ can look at those people and be like, you know what? You're mine. Well, because can, Christ I, is looking at you and me the right, same that's way. <laughs> him that way and he can look at me with those same eyes and say it who do i think i am that i can't look upon somebody else and say you know what uh you know jesus loves you and so do i and that is the hardest part of ministry it is at times it really is it's i think it's the hardest part of of being a believer to do discipleship Cedar just looked at me like half wanting to say amen and half wanting to tell me to shut up because I just woke her up. She's torn. So it reminds me in Luke 18. Oh, you woke her up? Yeah, I got a little I got a little animated on that last one. So in Luke 18, right? Jesus tells a parable about two men that go into the temple to pray. One's a Pharisee and one's a tax collector. And the Pharisee, you know, stands by himself and He's saying these things, and and I, I mean, Scripture doesn't say this, but I imagine, like, I think we've known this guy in some capacity, you know, in churches we've served, and he's standing there, and he's probably praying out loud, you know, God, I thank you that I'm not like these other guys, you know, that um, I'm not like extortioners or the unjust or adulterers or even like this tax collector, right? He points to him, and he's like, I fast twice a week. I give, I give, you know, 10% tithes of everything that I have. And, you know, then Jesus tells about the tax collector who's who's standing far off. You know, he's like in a corner somewhere away from everything. And he doesn't even lift his eyes. And, but he beats his chest and he says, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus Absolutely. says, you know, Jesus says in 14, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Absolutely. And I still think that is probably, I mean, I'm not belittling how Jesus taught us to do the Lord's Prayer. But to me, that's probably the best prayer, the best rehearsed prayer, written prayer, pre-written prayer that exists is that God have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. Oh, absolutely. And I, it's something that we should be praying daily. And I think that we should be praying that daily. And that is the the antidote 
to that Spurgeon quote, right? If if we're praying that prayer and we truly, truly feel that prayer and have a repentant heart, then we're going to honor in this world is going to really feel fleeting to us and we're not going to seek it much more. Absolutely. And I know in my own life, I've been convicted of this because I no longer, I still have those issues where, yeah, we have an event or something at church and I want an attaboy, but I don't, I don't need those attaboys anymore. Right. I think it's uh, a big thing. I, I think attaboys are, are great. You know, they're good, but to not need them is a, is a big thing. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm, like I, I'm completely off of it, but they, they're not such a longing for me anymore. I mean, sometimes with certain individuals, you know, for sure. But, you know, sanctification is a journey, not a race. So, Andy, what you going to do with the rest of your weekend before you got to go back to the grind and you're back to daily life? Um. Tonight, I think we're just chilling. I've got some stuff I need to put together for my office on Monday. Um, some stuff for my desk where I can make my computer a little more seeable. Um, but I think we're just going to hang out, spend some family time. I, uh, I got to call my granddad here in a few to get him to come over for dinner tomorrow. I bought a uh, rack of ribs and a small Boston butt, and I'm going to smoke the heck out of it tomorrow. I'll be down. I'll, I'll leave now. Come on. You you know you got a bed here, uh, so yeah. I think we're just gonna ha- try to have some family time. Um, uh, we're going to we're gonna you know check out Sunday school Sunday morning. We haven't been to Sunday school um, since we've been attending here, but now that we've joined, we kind of feel like that's something we need to just to be able to get to know people a little better. Um, sure. So yeah, just hang out, get to know some people. Lots of family time because I. Um, it's been rough on the kids um, with me being gone. Just not something they're used to, not something I'm used to. So just, um, you know, and also uh, college basketball is back. Um, so my beloved UNI Panthers play tonight at seven my time. So I'll be watching. I'll be watching UNI play some basketball tonight and uh, watch some college football tomorrow. But I'll be watching football tomorrow, but not your kind of football. Look, if just I can't no no what no that's not not for air. But I will have you know that I have put your your soccer team on my ESPN ticker so I know how your team is doing. So you can because basically they're the British Mets. No, because I think if I had to pick a soccer team, I'd probably pick them because I don't know anything about anybody. <laughs> it's a good choice. Uh, really, I just I root for Ted Lasso's team. Uh, oh, in 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 the in the uh, in the stratosphere. And I I low key almost bought the FIFA 2022 or 20 whatever the new 23. One so you could be Ted Lasso. So I could be Ted Lasso. I don't know. I don't know a thing about soccer, and I feel like it would take me forever to finish a game because I don't know anything about it. But just to say that. I am Ted Lasso. Yeah, I've asked for it for from Santa. If that, you know, mythical creature decides to finally bring me something, that's what I've asked for for Christmas. Uh easy. We might have young listeners. Easy. 
Spoiler. Spoiler alert. I've made that mistake with children before in ministry. Easy. Uh, what do y'all got going on this weekend? Well, I, apparently I'm, I'm I'm putting my foot in my mouth again. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Maybe I'll... I'll, 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 I'll I'll have to work on my editing skills and bleep that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing. Just watch some some soccer tomorrow and just kind of chill. Well, another thing, and uh, we won't get into this topic this week, um, but just so I can poke the bear real quick, um, if I have my way, Christmas trees and decor will come out uh, this, this weekend. Well, we'll have that. We'll have that episode around Thanksgiving on what is the proper time to uh, put these, you know, pagan. I'm going to pull that these pagan idols up in your house (laughs) (laughs) and listen to Mariah Carey sing. All I want for Christmas is you. Look, Every year, November 1st, they thaw her out. We might as well listen to it. It is a banger of a song. All right, that's your that's your last word. I'm not even going to give you a last word. That's that's it. That's your last word. That Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas Is You" is a banger song, and so also also um, we're pretty excited. We we have a special guest um, that will actually be able to answer questions from us, not just Andrew Jones. Which thanks for coming on the show, Mr. Jones. I have loved you for a while, um, but. Uh, we have a special guest in our next episode, right? Next episode? Correct. Yes, we're recording in a couple of days. So I'm excited to be able to to talk to my good friend Bryce. Haven't seen him in a while, so be good to catch up with him. Yeah, well, uh, it'll be it'll be a good time. Um, All right, Andy. I was about you want say, the yeah, last word? Just get ready because I'm going to get made fun of a lot next week. <laughs> I'll be gentle on you because Andy, happy birthday. Thank I you. will send you that Andrew Jones video, your Thank birthday you. present. And just remember that all I want for Christmas is you. Baby. <laughs> and with that, I- you can uh get us on all the wherever you get your podcasts, and you could reach out to us on the uh Elon Musk app. The uh, the bird app at Hill Hipster Pod on Twitter. I got really confused with that. I was like, "What?" Well, apparently that's you know he's walking in with sinks and firing everybody and charging for blue checks. Are we gonna Are we gonna pay for the blue check? No. Yeah, we're not paying for the blue check. Eight dollars, a hundred dollars a year for a blue check? No. Not yet, at least. Not yet. No, not yet. All right. Well, my battery's about to die, so. We're going to sign off and be blessed. All right, guys. We'll talk to y'all later. Okay. Bye-bye.